Hello and welcome to our football podcast. I am Josh Bimakamwad and I'm here with Connor Winks today. Connor, how are you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm doing well, mate. How are you? Really well, thanks. Really well. How's your weekend been? Yeah, it's been all right. I had to uh, forfeit my game on Sunday because we went from 13 players down to eight on the space of Friday to Sunday. Wow. So we're out the cup. Have first you lost round. the dressing room? Sounds like it. Looks Why didn't like they play? It. What were the excuses? Uh, we had one hangover. We had one. Uh, <laughs> we only had, one. Yeah, we had one train cancelled. Uh, we had one throat infection. Wow. And then one just hasn't even spoken to us. Monday, still not heard from him. How, how do you manage that? Just get more players. <laughs> You're just, not going to drop him. Well, we could try, but he, he's quite a lot better than everyone else. And you know, I've only got eight years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so sort of to introduce podcast with it, the idea is with a pro basically well that yeah. that's the working title that's the, the working title but we've, we've, we've you know we're brainstorming at the minute hopefully something might fall onto our laps as we're kind of going through the podcasts but at the minute we're working with part with a pro so, we'll so we're very that. lucky today we're being joined by kit simons hi kit afternoon great to Welcome see you to the thanks show. for coming in thank you no my pleasure boys uh just a bit of background how we met kit last week we went to a uh, lma managers tournament and kit toppled David Moyes, Craig Shakespeare, uh, Phil Parkinson. Who else was there? Gary Rowett. Mm-hmm. Gary Zay, yeah, yeah. John nice. Duncan. Yeah. What was it? Five wins, one draw for us? Yeah, well, we're disappointed with a draw, but, yeah, you know. Very disappointed. Yeah, we, we got over it. And uh, undefeated throughout the tournament. It was, it was pretty yeah. big. You must be feeling loads of calls since then, then. I'm, I'm, my phone's been red, <laughs> red <laughs> honestly. And your next job, you know. You've got some players <laughs> to call yeah, on yeah, now. Exactly, Free exactly. transfers. Yeah. It's gone really well. That's why I'm in here this afternoon. <laughs> How do you like all that LMA stuff get set up? Do they just have like a group of managers that are just like unattached? Or um, group chat? Yeah, I mean they they've got obviously the the ambassadors. You know, people who've been full time manager at, at some stage, and they call in the meds and when sort of thing. You know, they're they're very good. The LMA they um, do a lot of obviously charitable stuff mm. as that was, but then they they try and keep the guys who are currently out of work looking for jobs get them things to do as well which is which is quite good you know it's yeah. a good organization and sort of looks after its own big sam wasn't coming down then no chance he's done stuff before oh, yeah, but stuff. yeah 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 he's done plenty with the lma over the we years did joke about it before because yeah. we weren't we weren't expecting like so I many high profile managers no, i honest. didn't think it'd be that good who, who was who was supposed to be there that dropped out they said that someone dropped out last minute didn't they uh, yeah, I'm not sure it was actually. Yeah, I don't pulled, know. They pulled Moisey in last minute, didn't they? So <laughs> no, they yeah, which wasn't pulled, that bad to be fair. No, exactly. he, he, got, stops he there, got a call about quarter to 11 the night before, David, and like, yeah, fair play to him. Good for him to yeah, step up at that yeah. point, 100%. I would have done it straight 11, down. Yeah, the night yeah, yeah. Stuff. yeah, so obviously we just kind of want to get a bit of background of your career. So you grew up in, am I right in thinking, Basingstoke? Basingstoke, yeah, that's right. Which yeah. part of Wales is that in? Sorry. Uh, little village in the Ronda, like, yeah, the mining village, yeah. So, um, no, all my family, everyone's from Cardiff, mum and dad's yeah, and yeah. all my aunties, uncles and all that, everyone's from Cardiff and um, my dad had to move with, he worked for the AA, which okay. is, a, that's the automobile, not the alcoholics before, <laughs> what are you saying, I mean? um, and the headquarters moved from Cardiff to Basingstoke, okay. so I was then born in Basingstoke. Yeah, yeah. and then you, is it Portsmouth you started your career with? Yeah, I did obviously all the stuff through school, district yeah. and county and all that yeah, sort of yeah. thing, and then... Um, yeah, left school and went straight in at Pompey, um, doing like a two-year YTS, um, it was then. Um, did you do the academy stuff before the YTS, or did you get signed at 16? Yeah, no, so when I first got spotted for Portsmouth at 
11. I was like first year at senior school mm. and got spotted. They had like a satellite centre in Basingstoke. Yeah, yeah. um, and at the time when I first started going there, Alan Ball was like youth team manager. Mm. So Bordy would come down and take the training sessions. Um, and then he got appointed as manager. Um, and I sort of stayed with Pompey for years. And it came to, at 14 back then, I don't know how it works these days actually, but 14 back then you signed schoolboy forms. Yeah. Uh, for a yeah, club, it's nine now. Yeah, yeah, nine. yeah. yeah. I thought it was under like nine. Scholars sorry. at sixteen. So that's scholars at sixteen. Oh, okay, yeah, when yeah. you leave school, yeah. When you when you go to under nines now, you sign a schoolboy contract all the way through until you're sixteen, and you get your two year scholar. Yeah, crazy. So back back then it was fourteen. You could sign schoolboy yeah, yeah. form. So I think I was about twelve, thirteen, and um, my mum just said, "Listen, you know, cause I love Portsmouth sort of thing, and I, I was really enjoying it." She said, "You know, before you make a decision, you should go out and look at." sort of other clubs um, which was you know quite wise quite wise words from her really because you ain't got a clue about football mm. um, and so I went up to went to Arsenal um, a couple of schoolboy weeks went up there with them and then I went to Southampton for a little while to look at the setup there both really really good setups but then it came to 14 and uh, you know I wanted yeah. to sign for Portsmouth and sign for them Were there any sort of like particular pros you looked up to at Portsmouth at the time when you were coming through? Um, to be fair, there's a lot of pros I was shit scared of. Like I got <laughs> got the um, as a first year apprentice at, at the time, it was um, they were called like the Gremlins, the Portsmouth <laughs> first thing. That's what they called themselves, and it was like um, Mickey Kennedy, Mickey Tate, Vince Hilaire, Billy Gilbert, Noel Blake, um, Kenny Swain. It was like not Alan Knight. They were loons, honestly. They were, <laughs> so one of the jobs, like you had to go in the first team change room and give out all the training kit and stuff like that. And we were like, we we're all scared stiff to go in there. And they used to torture us. <laughs> what they used um, to do? Give me an example. What, what kind of stuff? Oh, uh, it's, it's just you. You were like, you were scared stiff, honestly, yeah, yeah. to go in there and like any little thing. Um, Blakey, big big Noel used to eat soul food or something. He was eating green bananas and like loads of nuts. He had some weird <laughs> diet he was eating at the time or something, and it would come out obviously in horrible ways. <laughs> and, and they'd force you in a room and things. Like that. It, was just, oh, it was disgusting, honestly. It was so bad. Um, but I was um, Quinny, Mickey Quinn's boot boy, was my job. So. Uh, I don't, he might get done by the tax man here, but I'm going to say anyway. So he was he was sponsored sponsored by High Tech, but um, he didn't like the boots, so he used to wear Puma Kings. So before every game, I had to black out the Puma like swoosh and, and paint on the High Tech sign over the top. Jesus. And nobody right. knew that. Nobody well, could tell. You know, obviously nowadays yeah, when the, the, the camera hones in for the kickoff and see these these yeah. boots and all that. Back then, it was obviously none of that going on. So I was like. Um, yeah, he's a paint over his bloody. Did you get a bit of money for that? that no, he was tight as like Quinny. He did get. He got. He got banged up at one time, so oh. I had a couple of months off doing his boots. So it was, uh, yeah, but no, crazy times. They were like they were mad. Portsmouth first team boys then. So, at what point did you break into Portsmouth first team? Um, I broke in my my debut. League debut was actually Alan Ball's last game. Played Leicester away in the league. Lost two one. He got he got sacked after the game. So that was my league debut. How old were you then? Um, Seventeen. Second year Young. scholar. Or? Well, I I was in my second year YTS, yeah. but I'd signed pro early because I'd yeah, yeah, I'd yeah. done sort of quite well. I mean, I was lucky to get a YTS anyway. only I, I, 
I was sort of borderline, probably not getting one, if I'm honest. Oh, really? And then um, as a schoolboy, uh, the youth team played Tottenham away, who were like the, the best team in a, the South East Counties League then. And a load of the Pompey boys were, were ill and injured or whatever. I think they knew they were onto a hiding mm. sort of thing. So a load of the uh, the YT boys pulled out. So I had to come to the schoolboys, mm. um, which obviously I was sort of like next in line. So we had four or five of us schoolboys played Tottenham away, and they were really good, like Philip Gray and um, Gilzine played up front from good player um, who's obviously his, his dad had played as well for Spurs and then we got smashed 6-0 and I thought oh, I remember after thinking oh, that's, that's me done now I'm never going to get a bloody YTS yeah. but it was on the back of that because I had a go and kept going even though Philip Gray was smashing me all over the shop um, I sort of kept getting back up and going again and that's that's what got me the uh, the actual YTS was, was that, that game. game yeah 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 yeah, so it's and I thought like I said, I thought I'd blown it and that was at the end of it. But then they phoned me I think the next day literally and said we're gonna offer you a, a an apprenticeship. Can you sort of remember how you felt on that day of your debut? Or is it a little bit long ago now? <laughs> Bloody hell of a long time ago now, but um Yeah, it was um I mean, it was disappointment really because I was excited obviously leading up to the game. And stuff like that, playing at, uh, at the old Filbert Street. Um, but then just really disappointed afterwards because we'd lost, and then obviously heard that Borley got sacked and stuff like that. So yeah, it was it was it was quite a tough day, really, or a tough weekend sort of thing. Ex- experience all that, and then um, John Gregory came in and took over, and uh, I played a couple of games here and there, and it was sort of in and out a little bit, and then. Played only played probably another three or four games over the next two or three years, um, and it was only then when Jim Smith came in, he I think he was told he had to sort of cut the budget basically, and um, so he got rid of a few senior players and he, he threw a load of sort of us kids in. So it was myself and Andy Orford, Darren And and Daryl Powell all sort of got thrown in. We had some really good senior boys sort of in and around us who, who helped us like loads. Do you and feel? Was, do you find they helped you integrate then? Yeah, massive. I mean, it was a big help that there were three or four of us young ones all coming through at the same yeah. time. That that was a big help. But then, like I say, those senior boys around us mm-hmm. um, were great. Were really, really good for us as well. And it was. It was I mean, we got to the semi final of the FA Cup that first, my first full season. Mm-hmm. And it was yeah, it was just brilliant times at the football club. Who did you play in the semi final? At Liverpool in the semi. Yeah. What happened there? So we we drew at Highbury. The first one was at Highbury. We drew one at Highbury. Darren Anderson scored, and then. Um, they equalised like right towards the end of the game. Um, John Barnes got a free kick, hit the bar, and I can remember we all just turned around and watched it. Hit the bar, bounced down, and then Ronnie Reeling just ran in and tapped in. Why was it a hybrid? Why did they play there? It's just where they used to play the semis. Is that just like a mutual yeah. ground? They yeah. used to do like Villa Park. Yeah. So, so then the right? replay was at Villa Park. Oh, okay. Like we played like there and nil nil after extra time went to penalties and we lost on pens. Oh, so it was a tight game then, so you were yeah, yeah. a couple of penalties away from, from a, a cut final. Yeah, exactly. And so where did you go after Portsmouth? So Portsmouth went to Man City then. Yeah. Um, again, one of those quirks in football. So it was, um, I played the first game of the season for Portsmouth uh, in the championship at Fratton Park. Mm. Got home that night and um, got a phone call from Alan Ball. 
Mm. Um, Man City, the Premier League, were, were on played their last pre-season game and they got beat five nil away from Hart, uh, five nil at Hearts. So um, Bordy basically phoned me up and said, "Listen, I need you. I need you to come and sign for us." Mm. I'm like. So I went up on the Monday and signed basically. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I played the first game of the season for Portsmouth and then next week played the first game of the season for Man City at home at Spurs. Would that have been at the Main old Roads. ground, Main Road? Main Road, yeah. 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 I was City for three years, they had like two relegations in three years. It was a really, really yeah, tough yeah. time. First season I played well Premier League, average the second season and really poor the third season. I had a nightmare the third season. Yeah. So, But I then went to Fulham and scored 11 goals that first season. We won one promotion. From centre-half? From centre-half, yeah. Is that, is that set-pieces or...? Mostly set-pieces, yeah. Yeah. There's a left-foot volley you know, against Wigan, I remember as well, though. Yeah. Um, What's the best goal you've ever scored? Is that, is that the volley there? Um, I don't know, best one I've ever scored, actually. And I probably, for Portsmouth, <laughs> I, I ran from... Uh, we, we defended in a corner, Burnley away at Turf Moor, yeah, and... Uh, I headed a corner out or a corner got cleared out and I was in back defending it. I basically just ran all the way out of the pitch, got it, sort of picked up the ball, played it Dion Burton who was on the halfway line, mm. we left him up and then played a one-two with him and just ran all, all the way, way through, yeah. Ran Marlon Beresford, put it into the empty net, yeah. I haven't seen a goal like that for ages where a centre-back just clears out from a corner and goes. can't think of one in recent oh, so That's probably, probably the best one, yeah. Van Dijk so it used to, yeah he did used to go on those runs didn't he meandering runs through the middle he scored quite a few free kicks for them as well didn't he yeah. are you surprised Van Dijk's literally one of the best players in the world and he was playing up in Scotland he's obviously just <laughs> yeah but he's one of the best centre backs in the world it's not it's not a given that you're going to be wrapping free kicks in the top bin is it or else you'd still be taking them for Liverpool free kicks are kind of the same thing at SPL and Premier League aren't they it's not apart from the keepers being a little bit better it's the same sort of strike isn't it mm. he doesn't really get on them for Liverpool I'd like to see him take a few though so after City, it was uh, Fulham and Palace, right? Yeah. Fulham then Palace? Yeah, yeah, so I went to, like I said, two relegations in three years at City. So I finished with a real tough time there. And then went to Fulham and had two promotions in three years. So, yeah. So you said Chris Coleman gave you a call prior to you joining the club. Were you good friends with him at that point then? Yeah, yeah, we played uh, together for uh, Wales under-17s. Um, Is that so the first time you... That's the first time I met him, yeah. was going back then. Um, so we'd known each other quite a few years then you know, we were both in the Wales full squad by that stage knew each other really well uh, Chris had just signed the season before from come signed from Blackburn and so we were we were, we were good friends then um, obviously from our time at Fulham then, then carrying on playing for Wales we became like best mates you know yeah. and, and like, sort of even even tighter now sort of thing so after sort of uh, finishing playing, your first job in management was Palace, wasn't it? Caretaker. Yeah, well, I was um, I, was, I was struggling. I had a bad injury um, at Palace, which sort of put me out quite quite a long time. How old are you when that happened? Uh, Thirty, I think. Yeah, so and was that under uh, Trevor Francis? I be. signed. I saw. I was Trevor's first signing. Yeah. Steve Bruce was. Bruce, he tried to sign me at a couple of clubs. He tried to sign me at Sheffield United before I signed for Fulham. Um, I think he tried to sign me at Huddersfield before that. And he tried, and he was, he was. Palace. I was signing for him at Palace. Uh, it was all going through, and then obviously Bruce, he, he went. Yeah, he, he just, did one. He <laughs> yeah, he went to Birmingham. Uh, Trevor came in, and they just kept the deal going, yeah. sort of thing. So I was Trevor's first signing, um, but it was already in place, and, and talks were already being had 
uh, when Brucey was manager. Did you like, know changing of mind with changing a manager or? Um, no, not really. No, because I mean, my, I, I wanted to leave Fulham. Uh, I loved it. I'd, I'd say three, three promotions, uh, two promotions in the three years. Sorry, um, but I wasn't playing regularly. You know, we got promoted to the Premier League then. Tigana was manager, and I was sort of like most sub most of the time. And at that that age, you know, I was like sort of thirty then, and I needed to be playing regularly. Yeah. Who was in that Fulham uh, squad? Oh. Fulham squad then a promotion. It was uh, Edwin. Then sign yeah, goal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, people like Lee Clark, Louis Saha, Steve Melbron, yeah, yeah. Uh, John Collins with us. Mm. Obviously, it's me and me and Cookie, mm. uh, Chris before he's, he's, he had his car crash. Uh, Rufus brother still there. Steve Finnan, people like that. So it's, yeah, it's good. It's good team. Yeah, and I mean, some of that the football that the, the team played when we got promotion up to the Premier League was like the best. I mean, Louis Saha was incredible. Mm. Was he with you in the second division? In like championship, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he, I mean, that's, Louis over that season was the best performance I've seen any player have over the whole season. He was like unplayable. Just every ph- week. Phenomenal, yeah. yeah. He was Is incredible. He scoring goals? Uh, just for fun, too at will almost, yeah yeah. yeah. yeah, too good for that league, yeah. yeah. So after Palace, you left after Warnock came in. Yeah, yeah, did a did a day with Neil and then. Uh, Actually, I was going to ask. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, is, is this as a player or a manager? This is as a manager. This, yeah. Yeah, well, I was, so I was player and then. Um, then yeah, they they sacked. It was Kemba and and Terry Bullivant. Steve Kemba was the manager, and uh, just we, we got I got we got smashed five 0 away at Wigan, on the Saturday, and I was sub. I remember I was sub. I wasn't happy about being sub. <laughs> And he, he tried to get me to warm up at 5 0 down as well, Kemba. I'm like, no, please, please. So, um, so I come out, we got beat 5 0, but I wasn't, so I wasn't happy. Uh, so, at least got called in training Monday after training. Simon Jordan called me in and just said, I want you, yeah, I just want you to take over. I'm like, really? So, you so, didn't uh, you didn't approach them? It was no, 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 not at all. Like I so said, I came in on the Monday morning and I jumped because we'd been beaten yeah, yeah. and I hadn't played. And then by the end of the day, I'm walking out as as caretaker, player, manager, what, not what having a clue what was going on. Well, I was just shell shocked, to be honest. Had you not done badges? Um, had you been? Had you expressed an interest no, in it? I, I sort of expressed an interest. We were always like me, me and Chris when we were at Fulham. Me and Chris Coleman would always sort of joked about. I said, "I'll be manager. You'd be my assistant." He went, "No, no, I'll be manager. You'd be my assistant." So I think you know, we always won that one. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's early days, early days, yeah. early days. What, what's this face? Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, so I, I no, I, you know, no, hadn't done any badges at that stage or anything, um, and so it came completely out of the blue. But um, I ended up sort of doing it and and really enjoying it. I was uh, working with Simon Jordan, one of a select few to have done it. Yeah, yeah, that was that was they had some interesting experiences there, uh, for sure. Any stories um, that you could share? Um, we can always delete it out <laughs> if need be. <laughs> Well, the final, yeah, my final sort of game, because, I mean, he'd always promised me that uh, he'd let me do the job. And I, I said, I asked him, I said, listen, just make sure I'm the first. If, if you make a decision, you do something, someone else, you make sure I know first, at least give me that respect sort of thing. So so it had gone quite well, actually, with uh, results have been, have been pretty good. And then we're playing, we played Reading away in what turned out to be my final game. So... Uh, I got a couple of calls on a Thursday, so someone who was at um, 
who had a player at Oldham where Ian Dowie was managing. Uh, they phoned me up and say, listen, Dowie's got the Palace job. I'm like, right. And then someone from Reuters, the sports agency, phoned me up and said, we've had reports Dowie's got the job. Can you comment? I said, well, it can't be true because my chairman's promised me I'll be the first to know. So You've heard nothing of this. And I've heard just nothing. Two call, two just calls. two calls like that and that's it. So then I phoned Simon Jordan up I say, Chairman, I've had these calls, like, you know, you promised me I'll be the first to know. And he's like, I, I hate the press, parasite scum, this and the other, <laughs> which is interesting. He's now got a thing on talk sport. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so uh, <laughs> so basically, um, so I said, no, Chairman, I, I don't care what you think about the press. Is it true? Is Ian Dowie signed as Palace manager? No, he fucking hasn't. And slammed the phone down. Mm. So that was a Thursday night. So in training Friday, um, I tell Stuart Gray, who was, who was in as, as my assistant, helping me, uh, told him what had happened. And so we were all a bit nervous and then couldn't hear, didn't hear from the chairman all day. And then it's all over Sky Sports News then, over the ticket tape down the bottom, that Dowie signed as... And we got game the next day. We got um, Reading Away live on Sky. And you still haven't had the phone call? I've not had the phone call. And Could, it's on Sky Sports? It's on Sky Sports. So then I, tur- so I turn up the next day. The players sort of, it's a bit embarrassing. The boys can't look at me. So we'll know what's going to able uh, the stories yeah. as well. Stu's like, well, Stu on Stuart Grand on Friday night. He's like, do we turn up still? Are we still taking it? I said, mate, I don't know. <laughs> no idea. I said, we've got to turn up, I suppose. <laughs> so we get there anyway. So we're in the changing room before the game, and um, Simon Jordan walks in. Oh, he no. says, um, can I have a word? I went, fucking yeah, I think you better. <laughs> so we, we go outside to like the toilet area, the, the away changing rooms, and all the boys come out and make out they want to have a piss. Like, listen, what's going on? <laughs> so then we go out to the tunnel, takes me out to the tunnel, and he's, you know, he basically says, right, I think now is the right time to tell you that Ian Dowie's coming in as manager. I said, oh, fucking Thursday night was the right time to tell me. He said, oh, yeah, well, he, he hadn't officially signed a contract by then. I'm like, oh. Yeah. Like, yeah so Did you still take the game that day? I took the game. We won three nil. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The beat Reading. So, how did you deal with that with the players? Did you tell them before the game? I mean, they'd seen but it on Sky they, Sports. So they sort of knew, yeah, and they obviously see me getting taken out by the chairman just before they were going out for the warm up, and they come out for the warm up, and I'm still there and stuff as I come back in. So they all knew it was going on, but they were, they were brilliant. Yeah, they were they were good. I they mean, kind of backed you in that result yeah, massively. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. but all the other results have been good as well. You know, yeah. so the results have been really good when I took over, and it was. Uh, how old were you at that point? On the... uh, 30, I think, or maybe just 31 then. Yeah, so you're still quite young. Yeah, and I was like a job, player, yeah. so they're all my mates as yeah. well. Were you still, you know? so you're still on, still registered as a player at that point? Yeah, yeah, yeah I was, yeah. I was, I was player, just a player sort of thing, so I didn't sign any sort of contract to do the, the managerial You just role. looked just... after the squad at that point? Yeah. Did you ever sub yourself on? Yeah, that's what yeah. I used to do. <laughs> um, that was actually my downfall. What I used to do, it would be one nil up, one nil up or winning with the game and I put myself on for the last five minutes. I wasn't even on appearance money or anything. It was just like, but then, and we always held on to the win yeah, yeah. and then we were beating Forest one nil at Sellerst and like Stuart's like, put yourself on, put yourself on. I'm like, mate, no, they're all right. We're doing all right. We're looking all right. And I didn't put myself on and they equalised like last oh, knock-ins no. and we drew one all. Yeah. So those those two points, dropped two points, could have made all the yeah, difference. Yeah. You never know, but I don't think so somehow. The best thing I did, or I, th- I felt I did, was um, getting Julian Gray back, which made a massive difference because he'd had a big falling out with Simon Jordan. And uh, so I'd speak to Simon before every you know every game, um, 
and he'd, he'd always say, you know, any, anything I can do type thing. I don't think he meant it. And I was, I was like, yeah, get Julian Gray back every week. And he's, like, <laughs> he's never playing for this football club again, or whatever. And then in the end, he relented. He said, I'll oh, just, just get him back and do what you want. And I got Julian back in. He started playing. And then um, and the team went on an unbelievable run, you know. Right. And he was, he was a big part wow. of that. Uh, they had a, it was, it was all, I think it's all to do with Julian signing a new contract or something. And they just had a massive falling out. Yeah. I mean, Simon wasn't difficult to fall out with, you know. No, not one to step down from an argument either, mm. even if he's uh, seeing this team struggling. So when but he did, like I say, fair play to him. He did relent and, and let Julian come, yeah. you know, as his player type thing, but come back in and play in the team and it was the right thing to do. So when um, Ian Dowie took over, you were still registered as a player. You played under him. How did he manage that situation with yourself then? So Well, I, I sort of knew him anyway. So I knew football was football. It wasn't come personal on. between, between no, you no, and no, him. No, 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 exactly. It was, it was a Simon Jordan. And it's strange enough that the summer season. before, we'd been on same in, in Dubai. And like we'd met up in Dubai together and like with families, whatever. And you know, I sat down with him and had a few beers during the evening. So we knew each other sort of socially and got on well. Um, so he called me in the first, the first morning. Um, and just said, obviously, there's no hard feelings, me and you, you know, football, football. I said, yeah, no problem at all. So he tried to then bring an assistant down with him, um, who for whatever reason didn't come. So he called me in the next day or a couple of days after and said, listen, so-and-so is not coming now. Um, do you want to stay on as player assistant with me? I went, yeah, all right, you know. So I, I know I was struggling with my hip. I was really struggling playing. Um, it was last year in my contract. So I thought, yeah, and I thought it'd be good for me. And uh, it was, it was the right decision. Um, Obviously stayed, played a few more games, and then towards the end of that season, the team got really settled and was on such a great run. Um, I didn't really play much after that. Um, but then we got to, let's say, playoff final, beat West Ham in the final, and ended up in the Premier League. Contract run out, playing contract. Yeah. So I had a choice to make then. I could have gone off somewhere else and played, or they offered me like assistant manager in the Premier League. Where could, where, could you have, where could you have played on? Did you have offers? Uh, well, I never really sort of pushed it. I probably would have had to drop back down to yeah. a championship, mm. maybe even League One. Um, but I knew in my heart of hearts I was struggling with my hip really yeah, badly. You wouldn't have played every game, one of them. And it, yeah, it, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I'm in bits now anyway, but I would have been in even worse state, I think. So, um, so yeah, I made the call to, to take up the, uh, the assistant manager. And that, obviously, that was then without a playing contract. Yeah, yeah. So I had to sort of basically retire. Yeah. You know, what, year, what year was that? Like uh, 506, wasn't it? Yeah. Was that like Andy yeah. Johnson? Andy Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. Prime, yeah. prime yeah. era, yeah. Mm. Was it Gabo Karai in goal? Karai with a tracksuit goals, goals, yeah. yeah, yeah. Why did he wear them? Did he ever Just a that? superstition from Gabo. Yeah, so we, we had we had Gabo and Speroni. Mm. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He made time. an absolute howler in the first few Against Everton. Jules, yeah, he, Jules uh, came out, Everton at Sellers. He had a rush of blood, came out and gave away a penalty mm. against Kevin Campbell. And and Downer just wouldn't play him after that, and uh, obviously he's gone on to become a Palace legend, yeah, isn't he? Yeah, Jules, yeah. and a top guy, but yeah, so it's Gabor who ended up like when I was at Fulham. Then I ended up inheriting inheriting him when I was Fulham manager. Yeah, Gabor yeah. was back there then, still with the same great tracksuit. <laughs> did he just think he played better in him, or was it was it simple superstition? He, he was just bonkers. He was like off his head. I mean, goalkeepers are a bit cracking. Yeah, anyway. they are. This, this boy breed. was another level. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's, he's pretty great, lovely guy, Gabor. Is really, he the, is he the craziest sm- goalkeeper you've met? Smashing fella. Yeah, he was. He was a bit. He was a bit abstract. Like, so. you got any, <laughs> any any stories of him? Um, 
Gav, well, no, not, not really. I mean, he used to, like, to drive Mike Kelly bonkers. Mike was a goalkeeping coach when, when I was there with Dowie. And uh, he'd have this thing, Gav, he'd stand like opposition corners. He'd stand on the back post. And Mike, Mike was like, what are you doing? You can't stand there. Gav was like, yeah, I can see everything. I can come in through, through everything. And Mike's like, they whip it in the post, you get blocked. You never get in there. But he insisted on doing it. And poor old Mike used to like go mad with him, but... But he was no, he was a uh, very good, good shot stopper, Gabble. Very good mm. shot stopper, and uh, yeah, just a nice guy as well. Really good lad, yeah, really yeah. good lad. Got your uh, first proper management gig at Fulham. How did you find yeah. that sort of compared to being like an assistant? Well, was your was different relationships with the players, or? Um, yeah, I mean, it, again, it was because I was already at the club, so I was doing the the reserves or the twenty ones. It was then. Under twenty ones, um, Felix McGat was manager. Yeah, at the time. About that, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was sort of in and around it. Um, obviously, at the at the football club, so I knew most of the first team players just to sort of nod to and say hello because I was obviously taking the the, the reserves night. So, um, but I didn't. So it was it was my club. I was there already for quite a period of time and stuff. So it it wasn't completely like I was coming in. Mm cold sort of which I think probably made it a bit more difficult maybe I'm not sure whether it made it more difficult or, or easier actually I don't know but I was familiar with a lot of people there already the way the club worked and stuff like that so uh, but no I really enjoyed it I really enjoyed it and I, t- I took over obviously that it was the club was the whole club was in a mess mm. um, the team was you know bottom of the championship one point after seven games but it was a bigger mess. Like the whole club was just sort of on its knees, and everything had been changed. And it was like it wasn't a nice place. And so, you know, the first thing I had to try and do was sort of change that. Really, as much as stuff on the pitch straight away, because we had to get some wins pretty urgently. Cause we were in in the mire. Um, I wanted I had to just make the whole environment better for everyone at, uh, at Mossberg Park because you know football's Fulham's one of those few clubs where. Everyone's based at the training ground, you know. So if if the training ground's doom and gloom, it affects the whole football club. It's not like the, the first team in isolation. Everyone's there, you know. What year is this? Is this two thousand and fourteen? Uh, yeah, it would have been. Yeah, yeah. The sort yeah. of Fulham fell foul of that kind of established Premier League club, sort of like not progressing enough, allowing themselves to rot, and then getting relegated and basically. Feeling like they probably had the entitlement just to jump back up. Well, it's thirteen in, years it? exactly. Yeah. It's thirteen years in the Premier League, and it's almost like yeah, we're a Premier League club. Well, you know, you got to retain the status, and didn't do enough, and it it been slowly sort of drifting a little bit, I think. And uh, obviously, the takeover from Khan. No, yeah, Khan took Khan. over yeah, from yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly from Al Fayed. So mm. that that was a big shift. Um, and I remember the first game of the season of that season when McGat was manager. Played Ipswich away, and he gave uh, ten club debuts and nine league debuts Jesus. on the first day of the season. So you had Scotty Parker, who's obviously current manager, who played for the club and played in the league, and then we had Ross McCormack, who played for several other clubs in the Championship, but it was his Fulham debut. And the other nine were either foreign boys who just been bought in, or kids who were getting their debuts. Um, it's like it's crazy, you know. You, ten club debuts, 
did have a and lot of good strength. young players coming through at that time. Well, they did. Well, they just done really well in the FA Youth Cup. Um, Patrick Roberts, Musa Dembele. Yeah, uh, Musa. Yeah, good crop there. So yeah. there's some good boys, but they weren't ready to go in in the first team. You know, not at that stage, yeah. and and they all got thrown into sort of together with. Like I said, when I was a kid at Portsmouth, you know, four of us went in there, but we had help from all those good senior pros who were, knew the club, knew the league, and massively helped us. You know, these kids had like there were, you know, nine other debutants alongside them type things. Scott Parker so, can't lead them all. And Scott, he can't do everything. Yeah. No, as good as he was, Scott, he, he, you know, he can't do everything on his own. So it was, yeah, and it was tough because a lot of the kids. You know, well, from my 21s that were getting thrown in and they weren't ready, and it was, you know, wasn't good to watch. I just quickly want to like jump back into Fulham when you were manager there, because obviously, yeah, you said you joined and well, you started as manager when they were bottom, yeah, sats when they were 12th, yeah, and you'd scored the most goals in the division, yeah, had conceded quite a few to be fair, but. It looked like you were on the right way. That like, does it stick on your core a bit? Um, it does a little bit, if I'm honest. Yeah. So, like I say, the club, and it's it's, it's obviously those, those stats, and it's obvious, easy to see what happened on the pitch. Um, but it was as much as if anything, I was probably more proud of of the stuff we did off the pitch and getting the club back together again because it was it was I say it was broken. People were on their knees all around the club, sort of thing, and it it was it was good. I got everyone back together again that was really good but yeah on the pitch on the playing side of it yeah so we'd you know it's just look at numbers 24th we took over finished 17th the end of that season bought a few players didn't invest massively I promised Tarkovsky Dunk you know Kevin McDonald who's subsequently come to the club you know promised these players and sort of didn't come in um, and yeah we were leading scorers um very open, we could we could concede as well. Don't get me wrong. Um, but but Tarkovsky yeah, so and a dunk could have, would have made the world that, yeah. exactly. And we and we want, like I say, Scotty was Scott Parker was was injured quite a lot for me at that time, and he's not he's not really an orthodox holder anyway. Scott, he's obviously high energy, and even when he was as an older player, he was still chasing out wide and things like that, just showing you know great like personality to his play and endeavour and stuff like that would get the crowd going but I wanted someone just to sit in there like yeah. Kevin McDonald who's exactly what he does um, but we couldn't get him so yeah, we didn't really make the signings you know I bought in obviously Musa um, and Ross McCormack were playing up top and, and scoring a load of goals but we were yeah we were very open defensively but I sort of I think maybe I misread it a little bit from I was thinking the Fulham fans were still the same Fulham fans as when I played there and they wanted this attacking football and blah, blah, blah. And I thought they would understand a little bit if if we'd all out attack, scoring goals, if we did concede a few. I thought they'd rather that than maybe try and shut up shop and, you know, might nick the odd one nil, but we'd probably be getting beaten quite a lot of one nils as well. I thought they'd want to see goals and more open play. I'd Ross and Musa, who I know would score goals, neither of them particularly strong defensively. But I had to play both of them, and um, yeah, so it was a bit disappointing because it was, you know, sort of my last four games: beat Reading four-two at home, and beat Bristol City four-one away. So like, and then we lost narrowly to Burnley away, who, who went on and got promoted that year, and then we lost to Birmingham at home, which like sort of was a game that killed me. But I'm like, well, not been funny, you know. Things one two big games, two big games, one you know, four-two at home, four-one away from home. Tough division. 
That ain't, I find yeah, that bizarre so. though, like hearing what you've just said there about the stats about what was it, 24th when you took over or something along those lines? And yeah. Then you, yeah, rock bottom with Light and Dead and Buried. Like, yeah, 12th. So surely that... Well, 12th was the next season, so he yeah, finished yeah, 17th. So you, yeah, yeah, but you got them out of that yeah. and then you've moved them even further forward. Yeah. Surely it's going in a forward trajectory. Like, a, yeah. you know, at what point there does it seem like you're declining as, as a club? Well, that's the thing. I could, And, you know, if, if you're dropping off and... The club's getting worse under your tenure. Then, you know, yeah. I understand it. If you've lost six games in a row, then people Whatever, might be yeah, saying, it's like, yeah. "How much longer are we going to?" So, let this so happen? it was, yeah. it was disappointing. And then after I went, so I got set on the twelfth, and then the end of that season, I finished twentieth. Yeah. So we just stayed up. So, you go, well, hang on a minute. Did Jovanovic come in straight after you, or no? Well, it was a load of messing around. They tried to sign Steve Clark. Okay. Um, bearing in mind we'd beaten Reading four two a couple of weeks before. Yeah, and they try to try to sign Steve, and then um, that all fell through for whatever reason, and um, then Peter Grant to go for a little while and stuff. So it's all it's just very messy for ages. Then Yukanovic came in uh, after after a while, and I said, then they you know, finished twentieth, and then obviously made quite a lot of signings, spent a lot of money, and did really well. And we're pushing for the next couple of seasons. Well, it's, it's still the same concept as sort of what was going on with you. They scored a lot of goals, but they still conceded a hell of a lot anyway so it kind of looks like they've worked from the base that you built and obviously if Jovanovic had come in at that time where like you say the club was a complete mess you don't know if he'd have been able to sort it out so I'm sure No, I mean also I just look like I, say, I look at that and I'm I'm sort of proud of what I did at Fulham because yeah. it was like you know it's a club I had a lot of history with and it was in a right mess mm. so certainly I left it in a lot better place when I left yeah than when I took it over sort of thing. So in that respect, I think, yeah, I did a good job and I'm quite sort of pleased with it. But do I felt I should have been given more time? Of yeah. course I do. You know, and and a bit that... more backing from certain people maybe, but listen, it's football and it, it goes on. We just get on with it and move on. Because obviously like in the public, we're not so much seeing you know what you've done behind the scenes to like rebuild the club and that would probably be a massive thing for you to go into a next job interview if you ever wanted to take the top job again. And at the moment, you know, Last to twelve, I'm sure you can uh, yeah. sell that very easily. Well, you would like to think that should, yeah, but then you would have thought that would have been quite obvious to the people yeah. in charge of the football club still. But, but I don't know. Listen, people see things differently and and maybe want different things. And I say time is not something that you know you're given in football. So it's, yeah, if you were going to go know. for a uh, top job again would you like it similar to sort of Fulham at a club you know or would you prefer to go in and do something completely new um, well nothing would be like Fulham I mean Fulham I think maybe worked for me in some ways but then worked against me in a, in a lot of other ways because I knew a lot of people there and, and sort of thought certain things would be different but if, if I went in somewhere cold now if you like um, I, you know I wouldn't I wouldn't make the same sort of mistakes again, um, and it would be it would be different because because Fulham was my club. I probably I don't know cared too much, and you know, a lot lot of um, lot of things came into play. I think with it really, but it was listen, it was a brilliant experience. It's something I'm very glad I did. Um, and like I say, the club were in a mess, and I, I like to think I played a, a you know my part in getting them back on an even keel because of getting the Fulham job. You weren't assistant to Chris during the Euros, but you were part of the scouting team. So how like involved were you in all of it? Yeah, so that was obviously frustrating. So I was, because um, I was caretaker manager at Fulham first for quite a long period, and I was, 
you know, they were okay with me doing the Welsh assistant role still then. Um, but then when I became full-time manager, obviously, basically I had to give up the Welsh job, which I understand that, and that, that sort of makes sense. I can I can live with that. Um, but then, obviously, very so Chris brought him and Paul Trollope as assistant um, to the Welsh setup. And then pretty soon afterwards, obviously, I get sacked as Fulham manager. So I've given up a fantastic job. My last game for, for Wales, actually, was the Belgium at home. Um, we won 1-0, Gareth scored. And in effect, that was a game that got us qualified. Everyone thought, we've done it now, this is it. Um, that was that was a big game. But that was my last one in charge. So uh, you're a big part assistant. of the qualifications. I did, I did most of the qualification, yeah. And pretty much we were qualified. When you'd won that game, you'd done your bit. Yeah, you when, I had to, when I had to, to sort of like resign for, for the Fulham job. But um, then obviously Trolls took over for the remainder of the, the campaign and, and then the Euros. So, but I'd, by then, that stage, I'd been sacked at Fulham. Um, but I went out and did the scouting, the opposition scouting for for Chris and the boys out there, out in France. And um, did you stay in France with them, or were you just sent? No, them not with them because they were, they were in Dinard, and I was I was doing all the opposition games, so I was like all over France, basically yeah. going to all these different games and stuff like that. So, so is, it, is that scouting uh, the opposition international sites? Yeah. So yeah. when you're thinking about opposition scouting, obviously you're watching the games when they're at the tournaments. Yeah. How many of the games do you watch prior to them getting there? I didn't. Yeah. I, I had, okay. but, but the rest of the Welsh scouting staff had done that. There was a big um, backlog of yeah. games, I'm sure. So they were aware of the group stages, who they were coming up against. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So, and then, but then we had to, so I, you know, there's a few of us out there doing the scouting for Wales. So all the the teams we knew we were going to be playing against next, obviously we had to scout them in their their games. But then we were out watching games of people potentially we could play if we, you know, if we went through as, as we did in the end and stuff like that, so, so, but it was brilliant. I mean, it's great experience, and I missed the first Welsh game because um, I was off scouting England Russia uh, on the same day. Um, I did Russia, by the way, just for the same as we beat Russia. Martin Hodge, Martin Hodge did England, <laughs> so, um, uh, so I didn't. Didn't watch the first, our first game, but then all the other games I managed to get to for Wales, and it's just, I mean, it's brilliant. And I was, so I get to the hotel with Chris and have a cup of tea of him and stuff before the games and things like that, and have a chat with him. And it was just such a great experience, you know. Just although like I say I was a bit, bit sick that I wasn't assistant still yeah, for that, yeah. just to be part of it in and around yeah. it was still brilliant. It seemed like a really good group of lads to be well, fair. The best there, they they're brilliant. I mean, again, I spoke about my time at Fulham, my favourite ever season playing football. The closest thing to that was that group of, of Welsh players. And then the staff as well. Like I said, staff were really, really good. Um, and everyone was literally together. Perfect you know, storm. It was really good, yeah. yeah and it yeah. happens every now and then. And I mean, some I think some clever people can maybe sort of orchestrate a little bit. But I think majority of the time it just falls into place. And it's yeah. Play that Belgian you know, team two years later and you're probably not going to beat them. They were... They're just sort of getting to that sort of elite well, point. They would, I mean, they on paper, they they were the players, phenomenal, they? Yeah. phenomenal mm. then. But we were, we were just a bit of a bogey team for them. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I mean, we we drew out in Brussels with. So you took four like points a, in qualification. A really, a really like weakened team. You know, we had Harry Wilson made his debut as a, a real kid for Wales, and we we had loads of injuries and. But we managed to get a draw away in, in Brussels, and you're like, "What's going it's incredible. on?" Incredible, yeah. <laughs> it was after the game we're like, "How did that happen?" You know, it was one of those remarkable games, sort of thing. So, 
So we'd always been a bit of a bogey team for them, yeah. So it was no massive shock. I mean, it was a brilliant feeling, great, great to beat them in the quarters. But uh, it was not wasn't as big a shock maybe as most other people outside the camp. Was there a was. feeling within the camp yeah. that we've got these? And also, some of our boys speaking to the, the Belgium lads afterwards, there's a bit of a feeling in their camp as well yeah. that we were their bogey side, you know. So it's funny how that can can get into people's heads, like, you know. So. And that concludes part one of this podcast. Make sure you go and check out part two. But if not, bye for now. Bye.